Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I'm Dina DiCastro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, everybody. Today's show is going to be about squares and oppositions in the chart. And we're just going to talk about the natal squares and oppositions uh, because we really covered a lot of this stuff last year in another podcast. But, um, and Dina and about I. About the, tra- the transits. Yeah, about yeah. the transits. Yes. So Dina and I can relate to squares and oppositions. I can especially relate to squares because I have one giant one in my chart and um, I have um, I have Mars, I have Uranus, I have Pluto, and I have um, Jupiter that all square my seventh house Venus. So when you have a square natally in your chart, it's like two parts of you that are constantly in friction. So there's a lot of growth opportunity in squares. Um, And I feel like I'm confronted by my square. I have been in the past, especially quite often. It's an ongoing struggle for me. Mm -hmm. And... So today we'll talk a little bit about that, and we will also talk about oppositions, and oppositions are about bringing two energies into balance. We've talked a little bit about that with the North and South Node, too, Um, and Dina has a few oppositions that she can talk about in her chart, so... Anything you want to say right now? I just think, you know, it's why we decided to talk about this is because it's one of the things that people come to an astrologer with. If they've just heard that they have squares or oppositions in their chart, they can sometimes get the idea that that's bad. And so a lot of times I've had people come to me that know enough about astrology to be dangerous. And then they they say, oh, I've got all these squares and it's so makes my life so hard. And I just want to say, you know, as we're always saying, evolutionary perspective, that's not how it has to be. It is a lot to do with how you choose to work with these energies and the more conscious you can be of the the two pieces at play, you know, in a square in opposition, the better it can go for you. And the less conscious (laughs) you are, the worse it can go for you. Uh, And by conscious, Mm -hmm. I just mean aware like aware of your foibles, aware of like a lot of what we've been talking about in the shadow episodes. You know, it's good, it's good to be aware of what can be problematic areas for you, right? And mm-hmm. so I think knowing about your squares, your oppositions, um, knowledge is power and understanding that there will be challenges related to these things, but they're not challenges that you can't overcome and they're not 
necessarily always even going to play out as something really hard or bad. It's, it's sometimes a gift because the squares and oppositions can push you to grow and to do things that you might not otherwise do. So that's what I have to say right now. Well, my square is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about your square. Let's start with that, Katie. Tell us about your square. Okie dokie. So I have this really nice Venus and it is, Venus is in Capricorn and it's in the seventh house. And I feel like that Venus, you know, wants uh, commitment and stability and, you know, long-term relationships and delayed gratification and things like that. Then I have Jupiter, uh, Mars, Uranus, and Pluto all in my fifth house. And they're all like in a little doot-doot-doot lineup. And um, the fifth house is more about your creativity, you know, love affairs, children, that sort of thing. And I, the way I see this play out for me is that, um, you know, I guess there's something about that always comes up for me with fifth house, which is sort of this instant gratification thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen it where I get too enmeshed too quickly And it's almost like doing the opposite of what that Venus is calling for in some ways. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like always, there's always a rub, like, like just going for it, you know, in some ways, like that Jupiter energy of like, I'll just, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And then it's always with the wrong person. It's always (laughs) with someone who is not, not that stable force, you know, like not reliable, um, that I've had that sort of thing. I also have like this feeling of with Uranus, especially, I feel like that feels so prominent to me, which is wanting in, wanting out Mm -hmm. sort of thing, wanting freedom, wanting expansion from the, you know, the Jupiter piece, always needing things to um, transform and change in my relationships. You know, I feel like I can get bored inside the box, um, sat Saturnian way, just sort of like drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause all those planets are just like constantly like knocking on the door, like let's transform, let's do something, you know, really fun. Let's have a good time. Let's, uh, let's follow your passions, you know, and like the relationship piece, there's always something sticky in there, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so there's this real learning process of me, you know, what works for me oftentimes, like with my current relationship is that I'm with somebody who also needs a certain amount of freedom, um, less than me actually, but, but I am allowed to, do whatever, you know, I mean, do whatever I want. I don't know about that, but <laughs> that's a pretty wide, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wide. That's probably not true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be news to him. I but, think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have freedom in my relationship. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. if I want to go on a trip, 
or like this summer, I went on a trip for five weeks without Todd. I'm sure he would have rather have been with me, but uh, it's not a thing for us where he's like, oh no, we need to be together. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so I see it playing out in that way. It's it, I, I feel like it was really harder before much harder before I met Todd in my relationships. Um, but I do like have this, always this inkling of uh, freedom is calling me. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. You know, as you speak that, and I'm looking at your chart right now, I am really seeing that most in the Venus square Uranus, which is really tight. Mm-hmm. And it's a, what we call an in sign versus out of sign aspect. Just real briefly, in sign make, means that the the sign that is rightly square to that sign, you know, those are the two signs playing out. So Capricorn is square to Libra in the whole sign um, mm-hmm. aspect way of looking at it. Now, your Venus is also square to Jupiter. Jupiter is at the end of Virgo, so it's out of sign square. And that's that's what I mean mm-hmm. by in sign or out of sign. But that Venus Uranus square is really strong. It's really potent. It's also applying, meaning, you know, the Venus is moving toward the degree of the Uranus. So it's it really pops out at me as you're saying all that you've just said. Um, the struggle between commitment and freedom, the struggle between authenticity, Uranus, and uh, like bonding or pairing up which is Venus, Mm. Um, you know, all those things are expressed in that square. And, you know, I guess what I would ask is like, have you noticed what are, what are any gifts that you've gotten from that in relationship that you can identify or gifts that you've uh, received from like working through some of that stuff? (sighs) Let me think here. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw a, a hardball at you. Oh, man. Why didn't we talk about this before? Um, <laughs> I, well, I was thinking, can I say one other thing sure. before I talk about the gifts? Yeah. One thing I was thinking is with that Libra, this is something that we've talked about in the past, too. There is that thing with Libra energy where it's like, oh, no, you first, no, you first, you know, sort of thing. And that that inability to make a decision, I think some of that was tough for me um, when it came to commitment. And it was sort of me like sometimes putting relationship over my own talents and abilities. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like, I feel like I have made relationship more in the past have made relationship more of a, um, a focus rather than this big piece of me that's, um, that wants to express joy and pleasure and those sorts of things, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that piece. Um, I feel like probably that I mean you know like even in the partnership that you and I have okay here's so here's the gift like in that you know we have this strong commitment to what we're doing and um it also is fun for us and 
we're able to express the parts of ourselves, like even putting this together that work for us, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, and there's no, there's freedom in that relationship too, mm-hmm. you know, right. like we do have commitment and, and times that we need to meet and do that. But I don't feel confined by that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's that, you know, that we're sort of Uranian sisters in that way yeah. where it's like, don't hold me down, man. Yeah, you know? totally. So, so there's, so is that a gift? I think it is. Yeah, I do think because you've, you figured out some ways to combine the both and, and that's what I think about squares is there, there's always going to be friction between those two planets involved in the square. In your case, you have multiple planets involved in the square. Like you've got one leg of it that's four planets, <laughs> the other leg of it that's uh-huh. that's just Venus. And so there's always going to be friction. And you can, I think as we get older, we can learn to work with that friction and use it to our advantage in some ways. And it actually pushes you to work harder on those things, um, such as, you know, how can you combine a little bit of, you know, freedom and, and rebellion with the commitment? That's a hard question, right? That's a hard Mm -hmm. thing to work out. And so you've had to, it's like, you can either master this stuff or it's going to beat you up, right? (laughs) You're going to suffer. Yeah. And it, it does beat me up, and I also think, like, there's one one thing that's come out of it in my older age, especially with this relationship that I have now. Like, Todd and I actually have a nice, um, good friendship, mm-hmm. you know, too, and respect for each other. And so I think when things get hard, my natural response is, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's there's the Uranus part or, the, or Mars, you know, right. it's like... I got to beat feet. And I think also like, oh, my life would be so expansive if I didn't have a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's all these things I could do and I could be so creative and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that then I can play through the end of that, right? Mm -hmm. I can, I could play out like leaving my husband and going off on my own. Mm -hmm. And how would that feel? You know? Yeah. What would that look like in reality? And also, like, I'd have to play this out again with somebody else, you know, most likely if I just jump ship. So there's, in my older age, I've been able to, like, watch the movie in, like, three seconds. Like, (laughs) it's going to start and finish. And um, I think that's made me more commitment oriented to this relationship, which feels a lot more stable than other things I've been in in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I've had countless people who I could not rely on. Yeah. Or who just could, weren't going to keep showing up, you know? So. Right. I think, I mean, you raise a really good point there about the tendency to toggle between the two sides of the mm-hmm. the square like you can go either all in on one extreme or the other and i think that i the, the ideal or optimal way is to learn how to have room for both and yeah. to have it be a healthy 
healthy amount for both because it it certainly seems like human nature is we want to go all in on one side of it or the other at a time. And whenever you disown one side of yourself, it's going to rear its ugly head. You know, when you, let's say mm-hmm. if you went all in on the Uranian part of you, you know, just to simplify it, then, you know, the Uranus in the fifth house in Libra could be like chasing romances for the rest of your life, you know, that have like sudden mm-hmm. beginnings and endings. And, um, but then this, this Venus in Capricorn in the seventh house would never be fulfilled if you did that. It wouldn't, it would, there would be yes. a longing. You'd probably find yourself like just saying things like, I just wish I could find the one, you know? <laughs> Holy shit. Right. Let me tell you how many times I said that. You know, like, <laughs> I, I feel like I played that out yeah. up until I was 40, you know, just chasing after romance and yep. passion and st- stuff like that. And it, it never leading to what I truly wanted and always saying like, will I ever find somebody? Will I ever find a committed relationship? Will I ever find somebody <laughs> who can show up? You know, like it's, it. that is really the truth. You yeah. Know? Yep. And then you could have gone a whole other path with it, though. You could have gone the other extreme, which the Venus and Capricorn in the seventh house, which is like, I'm getting married. I'm sticking with it. Like, let's say you got married early or something and just was like, nope, I'm doing this. I'm doing the Venus and Capricorn thing. And you would end up probably very unhappy in that scenario, too, which would mm-hmm. not you know, allow you to live your authentic self, if you didn't have an outlet for the need for freedom and creativity and romance, I mean, there has to be a healthy amount of romance, you know, in our relationships, honestly, both you and I with our big fifth houses, but just, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's that. And so it's like, if you just strictly did the Venus and Capricorn thing, it would be too um, confining, you know, Yeah, I think people who talk about like getting married when they're 18 and finding their soulmate then and then staying together Mm -hmm. for 50 years, like I've recently had several people say, oh, my parents, they've been together for 50 years. And I just think, yeah, (laughs) like, I mean, I know that's a nice thing to like find your person early on. I just, that feels so suffocating to me. And like, I just think about how much I've changed throughout my life Mm -hmm. and how that I don't know. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It, that, I mean, it obviously wasn't our path, you know, for you. But it was not. It's, it's definitely not my path. No. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's really cool when I when I hear of that. And I do think there are people yeah. that that's authentically happened to and worked for. But it's rare. It is on the rare side mm-hmm. because we change so much, you know, going through our each decade of our lives like we just now in modern life, we change, you know, so much from the time we're 20 to 30 to 40. It's, it's like we're different people. So yeah, yeah, it is a rare thing. Um, so you've had to work it out and, you know, I, I can identify with a lot of what you're saying. I also have a Venus Uranus aspect, but it's a trine. And I do have all this fifth out, you know, this fifth house stuff that you have minus the, the Mars um, mm-hmm. so I can relate. Um, I guess, should I talk a little bit about my, my square, which is 
Yeah. Funny because it's on the other side of all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so the Mercury and Cancer I have is at zero Cancer and it's square the Jupiter Uranus conjunction. Okay. So the Jupiter Uranus conjunction. So Katie and I have the same Jupiter Uranus con- conjunction in the same signs. And uh, you have Venus square that and I have Mercury square that. And I never thought about it that way before, but that's interesting. So for me, it shows up as uh, often saying things that I regret saying. (laughs) And it's really hard on a cancer with a Mercury and cancer person, such as myself, to have said something that really blew it with somebody. And I've done Mm -hmm. it a lot, you know, and uh, I mean, I think of a lot of like I would write these poison pen letters, you know, to certain people, <laughs> to, to, to people I was in relationships <laughs> with, to friendships. Uh, and, you know, one that was really big was when I was 20 and I was living with my dad and my stepmom and, you know, I just had it with some things that were going on there. And so I dropped a big bomb and I wrote this letter to them that was just scathing. You know, it was it was laying out all their habits that I didn't like and all the things that they'd done. (laughs) It was a laundry list of like the you know, it was a lot of it, the truth, but Uh it's it was not at all kind or nice or (laughs) it was very Jupiter blowing up Uranus kind of thing. And I blew up the relationship and I had to move out. Um, And I just, you know, I have this memory of feeling so bad because I went back to get my stuff one night and my dad wasn't there. My stepmom was there and I had a good relationship with her actually to a degree, you know, she was good to us Uh and uh, she was like helping me get my stuff out of the garage and she had tears in her eyes and she was crying. And I was like, what did I do? (laughs) You know, (laughs) just it. I really didn't think that through. And that Mm -hmm. is the signature for me of Jupiter Uranus, you know, explosive energy. If you just think about Jupiter and Uranus coming together, it's a very explosive kind of thing that can (laughs) happen with that. And when it's in contact with Mercury, it, it boils down to shooting your mouth off about things that you shouldn't. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I shouldn't have said that to them or that I shouldn't have written a letter or any of that, but I have, it is one thing that I've regretted a lot over the years and felt bad when I think about, which tells me it wasn't the quote right thing for me to do. You know, I have felt really bad about it. I have not felt guilty about other things, you know, that other things I've said to him or other altercations I've had with my dad, but that one, I, it was too much. And that the Jupiter is the signature of the too muchness of it. It was like, no, you really didn't need to dump a 10 page laundry list of every slight that they've ever (laughs) done to you. And then, well, and isn't that, don't you think that like having Jupiter in, in Virgo, you know, yeah. like pointing out somebody's oh all their bad points, right? Totally, like to the extreme, judgy and right, yeah, so judgy. And then the guilt that can follow, 
that. Yep. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my. It was not not a good time. And luckily, I, I had a landing place because my boyfriend at the time, his mother, they liked me, and so I I lived with them for a while, and then I found another place. But um, it was it did not create a, a very <laughs> good good year for me in terms of like trying to make life work. And I could have stayed, you know, if I had just found a way to communicate better, and that's the Mercury. I think, you know, I could have lived there. We could have worked it out. It would have been a lot easier for me, but I made things really hard for myself by doing mm-hmm. that. Um, so that that was my shorter, you know, example of the square and how it works for me. And I think in my life, my growing edge with this is always about thinking before I speak. And just for my own sake, Like not just, not only to not hurt somebody because I feel like I could eviscerate people at times with my words if I really wanted to. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I have to really think, how am I going to feel after saying this? What's the fallout going to be, right? So got to work it out. And yet I have to honor, and here's the Uranus-Jupiter side of it, my truth and my authenticity Mm And I can't tell a lie very well. (laughs) So I guess a lot of times I end up being quiet. um, And I'm not sure if that's the best approach either. Obviously, I'm still Mm -hmm. working on this and I will be for the rest of my life. But um, knowing when when to be quiet, when to speak your truth, how to speak that truth, and when is it time to shut up. It's so funny because your your Mercury is in um, Cancer, yeah, but it's in it's in Gemini's house. I was thinking no. to myself, well, good thing your Mercury's not in Gemini. No, it's it's is actually it in the second. It's in the or second. Is it in... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, good thing your Mercury's not in Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good this thing. This would definitely be a lifelong problem. Uh, I have for enough you. Gemini issues. Maybe. Yeah, as we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you want to now talk about oppositions and how they're different. Yeah. How they're different from squares. And um, so, you know, we're talking about these two hard aspects today and what what you can do with them, (laughs) how to work with them, how we've successfully and not successfully worked with them. Um, You know, squares... Keyword, I really just think friction. Oppositions, mm-hmm. I think, oppositions, I think balance. And mm-hmm. often the two uh, signs that are involved, if they, if it's an in sign and not an out of sign opposition, that the two signs actually are complementary to each other, but they're, they're opposites, you know, opposites uh, fill in the blanks for what the other side needs. And, um, so oppositions are inherently about like getting hopefully the good qualities of one side to help balance the the lacking qualities in the other side of the equation and vice versa. Um, so I have a really prominent opposition. <clears throat> I have Venus opposed by Mars. Venus is in Gemini. Mars is in Sagittarius. And it's extra strong because it's exact. And it's also that Venus is right 
on the cusp of the first house, which is Mars's house, and Mars is on the cusp of the seventh house, which is Venus's house. So it's like if, you know, my guides, when they were creating my chart, you know, they were wanting to get a message really strongly with exclamation points <laughs> uh, to me about this issue. Um, for me, this shows up as, you know, if Mars first house stuff is about self-interest and putting yourself first and setting boundaries, then Venus is about relationship, as we were talking about with your Venus, Katie, being in the seventh house, too. You have that Venus in the seventh house, which is its own house, really strong. Mm-hmm. But the Venus seventh house terrain is um, is about relating and bonding and connecting and thinking of the other, not just thinking of yourself, right? So life is a constant <laughs> balancing act for me of figuring out uh, – when to set boundaries and when to relax them and Mm -hmm. when to assert myself versus when to step back and leave room for somebody else. Um, So it's this dance that's a really pronounced theme for me, you know, of, wait a minute, am I doing the, you know, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts too, like I could definitely be the Marzi type and do the, I'm going to, you know, be independent and do my own thing and push everybody away versus being codependent, which I definitely have been, you know, in relationships and collapse into the relationship, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's I guess for oppositions in your chart, it's about not doing a black and white all or nothing approach. And again, like with the squares, you can easily get into toggling onto one side or the other. And I think it's the same with with this. You can be on one side of the seesaw or the other, but ideally you want to be somewhere in the middle. So you're you're getting some of both needs met. Um yeah. Do you feel like that V like I just think when I look at your Venus, I'm like, well, these are all sort of your Venus operates in sort of an unconscious way mm-hmm. too, yeah. where you have to be really conscious of it mm-hmm. because it could just be like you operate by handing, kind of handing yourself over, right, in relationship mm-hmm. or being boundaryless, right? Yep. And then all the Mars is like such a trigger. Yeah, exactly. Point. Well, right. Yes. And, you know, for me too, like with that Mars you know, Mars is out of bounds, it's in Sagittarius. And so uh, it can come really impulsively and suddenly, you know, that I need to break away. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I've, again, you know, caused some pain (laughs) in my life, because I'd be like, I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all all in, I'm totally immersed in this. And then, boom, I'm out. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to get away. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I've done that in friendships and certainly romantic relationships in the past. And, um, and it's, I'm sure it leaves the other person feeling pretty perplexed. Uh, and so I think my work is trying to be more conscious and doing it like a little bit at a time, setting the boundaries, not going 
all boundaryless, and then all of a sudden I have to slam down a boundary, right? Yeah. So that's that's my that's my lifelong learning curve. Is this? Um, I think I've done pretty like I'm in a long term you know relationship. I've been with the same guy for eighteen, going on eighteen years. Yeah. So we're doing all right. I mean, this one is working, but I would have to say <laughs> that, you know, I think it's shown up a lot more in friendships and family relationships too. Like in family relationships, I can see where um, I'm like either I'm not available and not talking to the person or, you know, I'm enmeshed in some aspect of their life and <laughs> it's like, and then I just have to get away. Right. It's hard. Uh-huh. It's hard for me to find that middle ground. But I think that is the the work. You know, don't you think there's there's also like some ways I think about with that Mars in Sagittarius is like maybe somebody like in partnership where you have shared philosophies mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you you see somebody for like. Mm. Somebody tells the truth of who they are, and then that can be mm. a way that you could also be like, yeah, that doesn't work for me or whatever, yep. right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, can you see how that could play out mm. too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually lost a couple friendships that way. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how I think I can think of two friendships in particular ended because it was just a matter of wow you are your beliefs are so different from from what i thought they were it's not even that i can't have friends who have different beliefs than i do i right. certainly do yeah but that that they switch they switched like and then mm-hmm. we're or that we're so philosophically far apart that it's just un, untenable um yeah. yeah i've definitely had that happen in a couple of cases and it ended and and that's okay. Like I'm okay with that because I think um, it's, you know, we need, it's not like we need friends who think the same as us, but there are some things that are non-negotiables for me. And I am kind of hardcore about it that, you yeah. know, certain values and certain ways of thinking. Um, and I'm not talking politics or religion or any of that shit. I'm just talking like, values and ethics and you know that more philosophical stuff you know saggy mm-hmm. stuff um mm-hmm. that i i can't get past it you know if if we don't at least share that ground level of you know a philosophical approach um so yeah i think you're right about that and uh you know the venus part venus being in gemini I don't really thought about it very much in terms of this because Sag and Gemini are, is, you know, they're similar in a lot of ways, even though they're opposite signs. But the difference is Gemini really just is very open-minded and wants to like take in all kinds of information and, you know, learn new things and explore. And Sagittarius is more about like asserting your beliefs and codifying them and so in relationship, you know, I have this part of me that's like very conversational and wants to learn about the other person and is asking a lot of questions, but then I can get definitely more uh, assertive of my truth and that my truth is the mm-hmm. truth and that's it, you know, 
and quite forceful mm-hmm. about it. Um, so it helps, you know, for me, like I'm in a relationship with someone um, that is very, you know, he's a Pisces and he's go with the flow on, on some things, <laughs> uh, on a lot of things actually. But, you know, I mean, he has some parts that are a little more uh, Saturnian, but, you know, that go with the flow part of him is, is a helpful compliment for me with that Mars part that's more, um, can get a little more dogmatic and rigid. And Mm -hmm. he also shows me like how to be more open-minded sometimes. So, yeah. That's what I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that Gemini, um, that Venus and Gemini Mm -hmm. too, as I was, I was also thinking, knowing you, I don't feel like you are closed minded Mm -hmm. or, that you're, I mean, cause I do think that there's such a natural curiosity for both of us, mm-hmm. but I do think that there are, I have, you know, a few things that are sort of like, um, deal breakers yeah. too. Yeah. And they're always a mystery to people you know, <laughs> until they've, <laughs> sometimes they're even a mystery to me uh-huh. until they've been crossed. Right. Exactly. That's, that's how it is with me too. Like it, yeah, it's a mystery to all of us until it actually right. rears its ah. head in an argument and then the relationship's over. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I guess if there's a gift in oppositions is that when these two things can work together well, you really can get the best of both sides, you know. So for mm-hmm. me, um, Venus and Mars together, I think, is a very, any kind of Venus Mars aspect, which you actually have that too. You have the Venus square Mars, but I think any Venus Mars aspect can propel you toward being very creative and, you know, having this like high creative libido is how I've heard it put in that you just have a lot of energy about making things happen and also creating and bringing beauty into the world, which is really the combination of Venus and Mars, you know, Mm -hmm. Venus might just sit around and do nothing, but Mars lights fire, you know? And so those two things together can be um, helpful for creative types or make you a creative type, which I think it has, has for both of us. For both of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, I, I just thought when you were talking about that too, like the, I was, cause I was thinking, oh, well I do the same thing, but in a different way. And I was thinking that because my Mars is, um, in Libra, there, there, my, I always have trouble with that, with that Mars because it's like, oh, I want to let me do what pleases you first, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I find myself in the past handing myself over and like doing too much people pleasing sort of thing in relationships. Yeah. And then suddenly I've gone too far, mm-hmm. you know, like suddenly it's just gone too far. They've asked too much or they haven't like reciprocated or whatever. And it's been fine, fine, fine. And then bam, yes, bam. <laughs> something happens and I'm like, okay, that's the end of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my own, fault and so I've that is a big 
thing that I think that in the last year, last year and a half that I've really worked on, like seeing yeah, and not, and like trying to use that Mars and Libra in a different way, you know, like that's because it's not, it's not good for me to like compromise myself um, for others, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. It's a bad thing. Well, it works out bad in relationship it, for sure. It does. I mean, and we can always go too far in one side or the yeah. other, right? So to the extreme, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the balancing. Too act. much people pleasing. Too mm-hmm. much people pleasing is mm-hmm. not good for us. Um, so I guess one thing I could offer, you know, for for listeners is if you have squares and oppositions and or oppositions in your chart, um, you know, make note of them and think about how they play out in your life. Think about historically how those hard aspects have played out in your life and then think about, okay, if they played out in ways that were not great for you (laughs) or are continuing to do so, then how can you shift that, right? And I think Mm -hmm. we've been talking about one of the ways or some of the ways to shift. Um, For squares, you know, it's about realizing that you could be in one side of it or the other toggling back and forth and you need to bring both to the table in some kind of harmony. And similarly with the with the opposition, you know, to identify mm-hmm. what is the nature of that opposition? What are the the two halves and how are they opposites? And also how do they complement each other? So where can you find the things that help them to come together? And it's not too, I was thinking that, that because sometimes when you're in this, when you have those squares, you know, there's this want for me to like, get past it Mm -hmm. or to there's it's like I need to deny parts of myself or I call certain parts bad and certain parts good Mm -hmm. right and so it's not about that it's sort of like incorporating all the parts and not not getting sucked into maybe the shadow piece of one part or yeah Mm -hmm. seeing how those actions play out and and how you could do them in a higher-minded way, I suppose, right? Right, right. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, for squares in particular, you know, some of it is about acceptance that this will always be uh, something Mm -hmm. that you're working on. This isn't, you know, you aren't going to get to some point where, okay, it's done, I'm all good on this. You know, it's it's like... (laughs) The thing that you have to just keep at it and know about about yourself and be, you know, kind of keep in your sights and not let it go into the background and pretend that it's not there Uh, because that's what creates problems is when we try to, you know, pretend that it's not a problem, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's somebody else's problem. It's somebody else's problem. We project it out on somebody (laughs) else. Yeah. Um, so anything else, anything you can think of to, to share about how to work with these, these suckas? No, (laughs) I just think, yeah, I think it, the right thing to say is to be aware and to see it Mm -hmm. and to, you know, talk to one of us about how you can work through it. Yeah. Yeah. 
with a reading. That's always that's a good I idea. Think. Yes. It's good to get yeah. a reading. It's good to get objectivity about it because you really, mm-hmm. it's very hard to see this for yourself. In fact, you know, I've had readings from various astrologers over the years, of course, and I could remember some of the things that have been said about um, these particular aspects, you know, that gave me so much insight and help and a way to work with it. Um, and, you know, I, I could think of one reading I got that was talking about that Mercury square thing that I've got. It's like, wow, there's a lot of pressure on that Mercury. You better figure out how to use your voice in a way that's productive and not going to shoot yourself in the foot. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that pretty much says it all. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if with, with the, an astrologer to look at that for you, it could be really useful to, you know, get you out of the subjectivity of it. Yeah, I had this mindset for a long time that I would never, just going back to what you said before, like I had this mindset that, oh, I'm never going to find somebody because mm-hmm. I was I was really, you know, stuck on those four planets that were operating in this way of like the pr- pleasure principle versus sure. that what the Venus needed, you know? Yeah. And I remember going to an astrologer and I was like, I just think I'm never going to find anybody. And, uh, and he was like, Katie, (laughs) you have Venus in Capricorn in the seventh house. Like it's required that you find a partner (laughs) and whether that was the right thing to say or not. Uh Like I did feel like, okay, at some point I think this is all going to work itself out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it did give me hope. Yes. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think any For good sure. astrologer will give hope and not tell you that you're never going to find a partner um, yeah. <laughs> because that can happen too. And, you know, they mm-hmm. could get uh, somebody who's going to tell you that squares are bad or having Venus and Capricorn is bad and that it's going to just take you forever to find someone, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. You know, it it's not helpful. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I was so glad we're going to talk about this today. It was actually your your idea to talk about squares. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is an area that's very misunderstood. And as soon as people hear square, they think bad a lot of times in astrology. Mm-hmm. So I really want to push back on that like like you and I always do. You know, we push back on things that are out there yep. and say, yeah, these hard aspects, most, many people have them. Uh, and it's like life, like life can't be all bubbles and sunshine. You know, we have rainy days and we have squares in our charts for a reason. Um, and it's it's the stuff that helps us to grow because it's not comfortable, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you people with all those trines in your charts, <laughs> you're the ones who really have the problems. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, now we're going to get- You've got it too easy. <laughs> we're going to get emails now. <laughs> That's right. First, you're bagging on Sagittarians. Now you're bagging on people with too many trines. Trines. You trine people. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, <sighs> all right. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening yes. and hope you got something out of this today. Yep. As we have. We have. You know. Okay. Talk to you next time. 
You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening.